Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got to start, don't I? Um, oh, you don't have to start. One of us can start, <laughs> I, I suppose. It's fine. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I'm Jim. I'm starting the show. Oh, Boglins, whatever. How, how's that, Jim? Did, did I nail it? You pretty much summarised my entire career to date. I mean, that that's my career. I'm Jim, Boglins, whatever. I used to live in England. Boglins. Oh. Boglins, dildos, social justice. <laughs> <laughs> Back when I lived in England, I tried to be a comedian and I did wrestling on a person. It wasn't well received. How come when you two do impersonations, sorry, gym impersonations of me, right? How come I always sound like some sort of weird witch from a children's show? Why, why is it always like that? Yeah. I don't know, Jim. You really want us you, to you answer us. that, Jim? Uh, yeah, do you really yeah. want us to answer that question, no, Jim? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Folks, welcome to a very special episode of the Podquisition. This is the hundredth episode. We've done one, one hundred of these, including this one. Can you can you believe it? Can you believe that if this was a podcast on a real website, like any of the websites I've worked <laughs> yeah. at, or any of the websites that you know turned me down for jobs over the years? Um, I, that sounded really bitter. I actually haven't really applied to many places. The only place I applied to was Rock Paper Shotgun, and they were interested in some ideas. But then I realised Patreon was like a better idea. Get, so get back on that. the fucking point, oh, Jim. Right, yeah. Get on the fucking point. Yeah, sorry. Um, plugging, he's not even like two minutes in. He's plugging his Patreon already. Uh, I mean, <laughs> can I have some money? Um, I've got to pay some. I, got, I owe someone like a, like 15 million bucks, so if I can borrow some money <laughs> like, before 3pm today. Um, only joking. Let's get back on with it. 100 episodes of the... Like, no other place would allow this horrible, horrible show. It, anywhere else, we'd have maybe got six episodes of this and they'd have said, look, look, the figures, the numbers are good, but we don't want this associated with our brand. Can you pre- please just, like, class it up a little? Yeah. And we are going to class you know. it up today because... Because we've we we've got elegant cocktails to celebrate. We, we have we have started the show, and I'm already a bit drunk. Yeah, it's La- gonna be a good week. <laughs> Laura says she's a little bit drunk. She, I mean, to me, she sounds three sheets to the wind already. Um, yeah. But but either way, she's got well involved. Uh, I haven't started yet. I am going to play mixologist live on air. Um, due to some reasons I'll explain in a minute. But first, um, we'll, we'll talk to Laura about what she's drinking. We'll also say hello to Gavin. Hello, Gavin. Hello. I forgot hello. to buy drinks. <laughs> which, so which considering that, you've been hung over on this show more than anyone. Yeah. I'm considering shocked. the idea of fan drinks was your suggestion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, you're you're not boy, very Gavin. good at following the irony, through The Irish stuff. guy forgot the drinks. Oh, <laughs> That's not where I was going. I was Laugh saying... I mean, you you live the stereotype. Like, the amount of times we've done this and you're like, I'm hungover. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Laura uh, actually did, did, did our job. Like, I didn't yeah. do my job. That's why I'm about to do something awful. Um, Gavin didn't do his job. That's why he's not drinking at all. Uh, Laura actually did what we said we were going to do. So if you could walk us through what you are dealing with. 
I, I am dealing with a couple of beautiful cocktails. So we got a bunch of suggestions of cocktails. Um, we got far too many for me to list right here and now. I think the plan is that I'm going to throw a bunch of them at Jim to do some kind of like big collective post of some of the best ones or something. Yeah, I feel bad um, that I didn't... Um... That I, I didn't go to the liquor store like I should have. Um, and the, we didn't really even come up with a, a, a good centralised place for everyone to the, make suggestions. The centralised place was I saw good ones and just threw them in our group chat and was like, uh, this, maybe? So I'll probably and post that was them about up, it. Um, maybe over the weekend, like once I've got sort of all the review work I've got to get done, done, mm. I'll throw something up with the lists. But what have you got today well, in Pink ones... Floyd's kitchen? I meant to say I... Keith Floyd, sorry. <laughs> I have three today, all fan-suggested ones, and we're going to start... I'm just going to throw it out there. Two of them have pretty much the same name, but mm-hmm. they were different recipes and they both sounded pretty good and pretty integral to my core branding. So we have Nicky Johnson's Link Pissing Out of His Ass. Which, uh, each drink is one shot of cinnamon whiskey, one shot of Calvados, uh, poured over ice, topped up with apple juice. Alright. We have, we have, um, the arse piss from, uh, The Blots Show, which is the cheapest diet energy drink you can find, mixed <laughs> with cider and white rum, all in equal portions. Mmm, tangy. And then there is the one that we got, uh, which I am dubbing the Laura K. Buzzed, which came from Bob Fenner over the email, mm-hmm. which involves, name. it's basically like WKD, Smirnoff Ice, Blue Sirocco, Vodka and Jägermeister all mixed up together. Wow. And it just comes up like blue bubblegum flavour pop bottles. That's good, because what, what I'm going to be drinking is blue as well. I mean, some blues <laughs> not, not going for in. Quite it. such good reasons. Um, yeah. So, which one's your favourite? Do you think? Have you tried them all, or uh, are you? I yet to? before starting this, I had to tr- check that, and this is my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. I had to check that all of them were okay, and that of none course. of them were going to make me feel unwell before I started drinking them through the show. So, I've drunk a considerable amount of each of them already. I'm a big fan of the the, the really blue one. Mm-hmm. Sounds um, like you're basically drinking a candy shop with that one. Yeah, um, when it when it comes to like the the one where it was uh, the Blots shows ass piss, I replaced the pod the uh, the bit where it asked for the cheapest diet energy drink you could find, and instead I put in the lesbian energy drink and pussy, nice. and that's working out really nicely for me. I'm really enjoying. Lesbian pussy cider rum. It's all good. Lesbian I'm, pussy I'm cider rum. I'm having a good time. Well, Lesbian we already have a, yeah. a show title contender. Uh, yeah, already. But the the I I I feel like because we have two ass piss named ones. I hope you don't mind Blot's show, but I might rename yours Lesbian. What was it? Lesbian pussy cider rum. Yeah, pu- putting pussy, pussy in the title is a good idea. It's very attention grabbing, so to speak. Well, it's it's topical. It's Plus, political. The the podcast is where I put in a sexual, any sexual yeah. words, rude words, or innuendo. Any podcast titles I use and put on SoundCloud, yeah. they get the most downloads. The, so that's uh, always good. I, I think I think the last comment I have is that uh, Nicky Johnson's link pissing out of his ass spicier than I imagined Link's ass piss would taste, but I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to him yeah. having some spicy ass well, piss. Well, I mean, so. it's, it's basically they're all pretty good. They're it's, pretty good. It's piss that's coming out of a spice hole. So mm, I think a little yeah. 
just that little extra kick to it is 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 good. <laughs> it's, so, it's nice. So I took some minor liberties here and there with renaming <laughs> stuff or throwing extra bits in or slightly tweaking what energy drinks I put in and stuff, but. I am having a good time with these three drinks. Wonderful, wonderful. Right, so first things first. Um, not only am I going to do this because it's because I don't think I'll want another one, but also because it's medically wise, because um, obviously with my injury and things and, and my various uh, hospital visits, I'm uh, on, on medication and it's not going to play well with alcohol. Um, I know my own sort of limits and what I can do so I'm going to basically just get to the brink of that and not go any further which basically means so I what, can have what, a drink it's going to work well with is... what I'm already on which has just kicked in so I'm yeah I'm, I things are you, going to get you're very basically interesting saying, you're basically saying you're going to be a wuss this week I'm I, what, considering what I'm already on and listen to this okay, you know, yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah drink, you're gonna drink, be, drink, drink, you're gonna make drink, me smoke drink. cigarettes behind the bike shed snacks. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make you smoke one of my special cigarettes. She's, she's uh, gonna make you uh, wack- one they're of full her of wacky tobacco. Special mushroom sandwiches that she brings into school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's what here's what's going on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna this is what I found in the kitchen five minutes before we started, um, and I'm just gonna mix them as I as I bring them up. So. Bottle one, um, Everclear. Uh, Everclear grain alcohol. Uh, overconsumption may endanger your health. It says on the front. I don't like Everclear. I I, I fucking loathe it. Um, but that's going in because we've got some. So because it's alcoholic and you had it. That'll do. That's enough of that. I I, I don't have an especially big glass. It's kind of like a like a whiskey glass or whatever. Um, so that's that's that. Up next, oh, it stinks already. I, oh, Everclear, <laughs> sick. Everclear is the here we lie of drinks in that it makes me fucking sick. That was me slagging off a game. Uh, I've got Amaretto. Amaretto liqueur. That's going in. So we've got in the clear. Now we're going to put in some brown. Oh, it, it, already, it looks like piss that's come out of an arse. Hooray, it's, it's more ass piss. You know, you two should start cloudy. your own video series where you just like mix weird cocktails. Call it call it oh. gin call it gin stirring with Jim Sterling. That's I so would be good. totally up for this. I Jim, I'm I'm up for this. I tell you what, like when I finally get out to England, like when this shit's healed up and I'm out there. We'll we'll film something. Um, we'll, we'll, and we'll don't have forget a day it was my idea some, because some in videos. ten years when you're both like in an, in an AA meeting, you can thank me. <laughs> okay, up yes, next. thanking you is the right word, Gavin. I'm bringing summer in a bottle. Um, I found apparently we've got loads of them. I don't know why, especially because these are the things that people on that to catch a predator show used to bring with them to houses. Uh, Mike's hard lemonade, alcoholic fruity beer, uh, strawberry lemonade, um, cold, hard, refreshing. Like my penis, especially the cold bit. So <laughs> that's going in. Uh, yeah, put quite a bit of that in there. Um, oh, God. And then the final thing, uh, the non-alcoholic thing, just to mix it all up with and make it nice, is... Battle be shush. I'm trying to... I'm doing my mixology program. I'm, I'm going to be on Keith Floyd's show. I don't even know if he's still doing anything. Anyway. He's dead. <laughs> oh, is he dead? Yeah. 
my, right, my dad was uh, quiet. I'm replacing Keith Floyd. My, my dad was mates with Keith Floyd. Oh, yeah, he lived awesome. in uh, West Cork, where is cool. where I'm from, and my dad does, was mates does, with him back in the nineties. Does that mean? Does that mean that you can help us to get Jim to replace him? Can um, you be our man on the inside? No, because I never met him myself. So. Ah, well, okay. sorry. Well, I don't um, know the secret techniques. It's time for the final edition. So this is the non-alcoholic bit. This is the nice mixer. It's called Little Hug. Uh, <laughs> Little Hug Fruit Barrels. Um, that's the brand name. If I describe it, it'll ring a bell with most of you. Uh, when you were a kid and you had a packed lunch, uh, you'd get like a little juice bottle, like in a plastic bottle. Um mm. Some of them were shaped like actual bottles. Some of them were like, you know, it, it was cheapo Capri Sun that you'd get. You in got our, you got juices for your lunch. Listen to Captain Privilege over here. Yeah. Captain Privilege. I was homeless when I was six years old. You <laughs> prick. <laughs> um, hey, hey, Jim. To Jim, be how's fair, it been spending your week in privilege goggles, Jim. Uh, my I, lunch, I, I had to, I had to punch the chocolate machine to get a free moral. <laughs> Okay, I gotta let's just describe this quickly. It's a plastic bottle, it's vaguely shaped like a barrel. Um we bought these I think years ago for the stepson uh when he used to take lunches. Um but because he is like the fussiest kid on the planet, mm. uh, he wouldn't ever drink them. So I have when there's nothing else in the house and uh, I don't want water, which I mostly drink, and I don't want water, I just want a bit of flavour, I'll desperately grab one of these fruit barrels, which I've been doing over the course of several years. And, and you're sure that they're not gone off at this stage? I think it's not going to matter once it's in this. Um, this <laughs> okay. is the last one we have. So this is a little hug fruit barrel. Now, it's because of regions, this bit isn't essential if you want to make your drink at home. So just any kind of packed lunch style kids juice. Well, it's got to be blue. Um, oh. So blue raspberry fa- flavour. If you want it fizzy, maybe mm. get a, a blue raspberry panda pop or something That's like that. That's what I was blue, thinking panda pops Freeze. would work great. Yeah. So there we are. Blue drink going in to fill us up. Oh, it's gotten dark. It's... <laughs> Much like the podcast, it has gotten dark. Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about this beforehand. Laura um, (laughs) suggested just calling this one The Podquisition, um, which works because it's hastily improvised, ill-advised, tasteless, and just a fucking mess. So I'm going to take a photograph of this, um, (laughs) just for posterity's sake, maybe Uh. use it as the... The image, the thumbnail image for the show this M- make week. Make sure to send it to me because I want to see this beautiful catastrophe at some point. Uh, let's put the flash on. Hold on. Oh, this is a tease. I know people just want this, me to drink it. Um, this is real professional podcasting right here. While you do this, I will talk about the one that Gav was uh, that was suggested many times to Gav that Gav was like, nah, not interested. Was overwhelmingly the suggestion of put a chocolate bar in a pint. Haha, ha, it's the shit in a pint. You weren't amused, were you, Gav? Okay. I've taken my photo. I think Gav just went off again, like he does when he gets bored. He's um, not even there to answer my questions. So, I have now mixed the podquisition. It smells... Oh... Do you remember like like fruit salads, the 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 candy 
the the, the yeah. sweet, the confection. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like a factory making those exploded. That's what oh, it smells like. On on a on a somewhat connected note, to go alongside my cocktails, I also have fruity cactus jacks fruit salad. Nice. That nice. is fifteen percent fruit salad drink. That's nice. That's all right. So I, I got some of that by I've by got, coincidence. I've just got some water because I felt like I'd need some. Uh, so I'm going to drink this now. I'm going to give it a go. Um, here we go. Salut. How, oh. uh, how is it, Jim? Oh. That great, huh? It's, uh... Oh, it's it's got some fire to it. I'll, it's, I'll it's, say that much. Is it the drink equivalent of Podquisition that you had hoped it would be? It's... I tell you what. On the... Aesthetically, it's fucking dreadful. But it's kind of <laughs> sweet... Kind of disgusting, and overall not as bad as I thought it would be. So in that <laughs> regard, it is the perfect podquisition drink. And oh. now I feel like the inside of my chest's on fire. Oh, that Wait, warms you up going down. This is the perfect winter <laughs> drink. Share it with your family at Christmas. It's the podquisition. <laughs> it's the what? Oh. Oh, no, second one's bad. Second one's <laughs> second bad. Shall we shall we get on with the show so you don't have to focus on what you're drinking? Oh! Oh! <laughs> okay. Yes, let's let's get cracking. Blimey, we've been going a while. Uh, that's alright. Uh this week there is like very little news and then a bunch of pretty decent audience questions. So right. do we wanna just do we wanna just rattle through some news and then do audience questions for a while and see I how don't that mind goes? That. Yeah, I mean it's I know in previous podcasts I've done, those very few that ever made it to 100, um, doing all listener questions episodes was a common thing. I don't want to do that, but having a lot of good ones is is good. Maybe that's why they've been a bit rubbish previous weeks. Maybe they were saving it up. I'm I'm gonna lie. uh, I'm gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I did a bit of a digging into the special archive I have of good listener questions that I'm keeping for weeks when we're struggling to make it to an hour. Oh, like you, lovely lady. I have a little bit of a backlog for if it's like, oh, if we're not gonna make it to an hour, here's some good questions I can just pull from. Okay, and I'm also going to mute my phone because it's making noises. Sorry about that. That's all right. But yeah, I pulled a couple of those out so we could have we could have a bit of a fun bit of That's a fun cool. week with them. Yeah. So um, we, we got some good ones. Yeah, I can also do a little bit of talking about uh, rigs, mechanized Ooh, combat rigs. league, and here they lie. I'll briefly touch on. Um, I played yeah. three I played new a... games this week as well. Oh, well, Gav's got new games for one. Well, should we? Yeah. Should we race through the news then? Then we'll talk about games we've yeah. played, which I've not yeah. played any fucking games this week, and then we'll we'll do questions, and it'll be a fun old time. Yeah, it's a very good time. Okay, uh, news we had this week, very short bits. Cuphead, you know that indie game what everyone's very excited for that keeps getting delayed? Yeah. It's been delayed to mid-2017. <laughs> the like, last Cuphead. That game looks fantastic, and it's been fun when I've played it, and I've been worried, like, is this gonna, like, hold up for a full game? And I'm concerned how much it's being delayed for such a relatively small scope. 
yeah. game. Can you answer a question for me? And this yeah. might have something to do with it, because I know when there was talk of it, it, it wasn't received particularly well. When mm-hmm. you played it, was it mostly boss fights? Um, I played some levels. The levels mm-hmm. usually ended in boss fights. Right, okay. It, and, and considering the difficulty of the boss fights, I was generally spending about 50-50 time doing a level versus doing a boss fight. I see. Okay, because I, I, the way it was described, the way I, I read it described, some people were like, it. they were comparing it more to like a boss rush kind of game. Um, oh, something it, more similar to, what was it called? Fury, that game that was relatively recent um where it was like or or maybe no more heroes where it's like there's some other gameplay but it's mostly about the fighting no more heroes feels like a really good comparison because Mm -hmm. there is there is gameplay to do to get to the boss of each level but that gameplay is generally pretty dang easy and somewhat mindless compared to the actual fun Unique, interesting designs and challenge presented by the bosses, uh-huh. which is why, like, when I say that you're spending your time fifty-fifty between level and boss, the level is considerably longer than the boss fight. It's just that the boss fight is taking you a lot longer because it's a lot more difficult and involved. You're kind of playing a level that leads up to a boss fight rather than a level in its own right, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I like, see. It, it, okay. It is quite comparable to No More Heroes, so. I'm. It, that doesn't put me off the game, but it getting delayed basically an extra like nine months from now is right. like. Uh, yeah, we'll like my see. my my theory when you said it was delayed was, if it was all boss fights predominantly, maybe the delay was to like pad out the levels more. But if that's not the case, I I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Levels... I mean, it's been we've been waiting for this game for a while now. It's once you like. That art is gorgeous, and surely, yes, that does take a long time to animate. But beautiful animation isn't the kind of thing that means a sudden last-minute nine-month delay. Yeah. That's usually something more structural. Yeah. Um, I mean, I worry about platformers with that kind of animation. Like, even though, like... Cuphead, if if you're a listener that hasn't seen it, I I do recommend you check out a trailer. It's animated, and it's... um, Artistically it, designed the, it, to resemble like an old cartoon. It, it looks like a 1920s cartoon in yeah, HD. Like a Betty Boop or like a proper like Steamboat Willie kind. Well, yeah. a bit later because it's in colour. So like the just well, just at the turn of colour film. It's the it's the animation movement style and character direction of the 1920s, but with colour and crisp design. Yeah, yeah. Basically, imagine when if you're anything like me, um, you get really bored. Slash really drunk and think I'm going to look up those banned racist cartoons on YouTube. Um, mm. That era, except I should point out, Cuphead isn't racist to my knowledge. You you say that there were some early trailers that involved like villains having notably black faces that people questioned, and they've been notably absent from trailers since. They were like, oh, "Oh, the devil has a black face and big lips. Mm." Oh, That in in the context of its uh, time period that the animation is from suggests things, and that's been notably absent since. So we'll see when that game comes out. (laughs) Okay. Um, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this is... uh, Yeah, the the podquisition drink is is interacting with the other things inside me. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh my God, listen to what Skype just did, right? 
Right. right. It, it booted me out. <laughs> right? Boots me out. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And now it's calling on my phone. Like, I keep hanging up, and it's still fucking calling. I thought it was you guys ringing me over, and I was, like, shouting, Stop calling me, Laura! (laughs) And it's still fucking ringing, even though I've gone back on the call with you. Jesus. You know what? You know what? That happened to me recently. Because I had the shitting nerve to um, plug in one of the controllers for the HTC Vive and try to charge it. For some reason, that fucked Skype for me. I was trying to do fist chuck with Conrad, and it it kept ringing and had a weird lag to it. And also, I right now am ten like like, like I say five percent drunk, ninety five percent high. Um, everything's strange right now. <laughs> okay, well, let's push on ahead, Ben. Uh, yeah, Cuphead. Cuphead, um, right. I'll tell you my it, problem yeah. with, with... Your problem my, with my Cuphead. fear yeah. about Cuphead is <laughs> hand-drawn animation platformers mm-hmm. are good. They look good. They look gorgeous. But my worry is platformers often require, like, tight controls. And mm-hmm. hand-drawn cartoon emulating animations are the opposite of tight. They're fluid. They're loose. Okay. Uh, that was what, my problem with Blood Rain Betrayal, was it required, like, really strict, tight platforming, and the animations were all, like, floaty and airy and, and over-animated. Um, what I will say here, having played some of it, that didn't feel like an issue. I didn't have, like, the Sackboy Jump Syndrome where everything felt too floaty. Fucking great. So that's that's a positive. But uh, other things we had, you know how everyone was complaining because Mafia Three on PC didn't have thirty, fr- uh, had, was locked to thirty frames a second. I got so much shit for being a little <laughs> bit disappointed about that. Why is there suddenly a defense force for games being thirty frames a second? Because thirty frames a second is more cinematic, Jim. Uh, the bollocks. Uh, Sixty Don't start me on that one. <laughs> at the very least for life. There's a reason why the PlayStation VR mandates that games have to run at a stable 60 frames per second at minimum. And that's mm. because it's not just a graphical thing. People keep saying it's an aesthetic thing, a a visual thing. No, no, no. It affects how the games feel. It's Mm. a tactile issue, not a graphics issue. It's a control issue. It's yeah, a responsiveness. You know, issue. people so, say, "Oh, I miss when gamers didn't care about frame rates." Like, yeah, because the games used to all run at sixty FPS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> games games used to run as they fucking should, right? Listen here, right, you cucks. <laughs> sixty frames per second should be the bare minimum. All right, okay. enough of your frame rate cuckoldry. You so, liberal arts students. <laughs> so the news this week is that they've patched it and now you can play either at 60 frames a second on PC or at an unlocked frame rate. So, right. so now, I've got some breaking news for you. Now you can do you. endless repetitive missions Ooh. in 60... Ooh. Well, now, 40, fucking, 40 to 45 frames per you second. You fucking what racist. On a, on a fucking was, 980. It really doesn't cuphead. justify that performance with the way it looks. I, I was going to say more... Now you can do what you should have been able to do at launch, but I guess it's good that we at least have that now. I've got some breaking news for you, Laura. Yeah. It's bollocks. I played the game before the patch at 30, right? 
and did a video of it and then forgot to say it live because I was playing Vampire the Masquerade 20th (laughs) Anniversary Edition with my friend and some people who we just met who go to college and are younger than us and make us feel old. Um, And then I set it live not knowing the patch had already gone live and I got a load of shit for that Um, and a load of people just, just having a go at me. Um, for jumping on the bandwagon of frame rates, even though I've argued for a long time the game should be at 60. Like, I'd take 60 frames per second over better-looking games because I like my games to feel good more than I want them to look good. Anyway, I did a second follow-up video, right, um, with the patch, and I set it to 60 frames per second, and I also tried setting it to unlimited frames as well, and still managed to get, at the very best, between 45 and 50 frames per second, which was an improvement, but that game on PC is not very well imp- uh, imp- imp- uh, what's the word? optimized. optimized. <laughs> not very well optimized. No. And also... Oh, wait till you hear this, my little chickens. Right, wait till you hear this. I download it on PS4 as well, because when I'm playing game, when I want to play like a lengthy game for review, with my back the way it is, uh, I'd rather just buy it on PS4 or Xbox One or whatever and play it on console. So I've got my nice armchair with the big um, back pillow I've got for my ruptured spine and all that shit. It took... Uh, I'm going to have to guess because it was 55% downloaded when I went to bed. But considering it took 10 hours to get to 50%, I'm going to guess it took between 18 and 20 hours to download on PS4. And I'm not the only one that's had that problem. It's fucking ridiculous. That, uh, that's going to be part of my rant on Monday, on Monday's Jimquisition, which is just going to be a list of the shit I've had to deal with with console fucking internet shit. Um, consoles, of course, being the internet services we have to pay for compared to PC, where I could get Mafia 3 like that. And the worst part is, the worst part is that you... Download it, and it says, Mafia 3 has downloaded, you can play it right now. And you click on start and open it, and then it's a black screen with a tiny little percent bar in the corner saying, installing 10%. And then it says (laughs) 10% for, like, at least 10 minutes, if not more, before it moves up to 11%. And, (sighs) And that... (laughs) <laughs> Lying sack of shit, right? Tecmo Koei do this as well. They fucking tell you the games are installed because before this generation started, Sony and Microsoft made a big fucking deal about, oh, yeah, yeah, you can play the games as they download. How amazing is that? And what a crock of shit that turned out to be. Oh, Here's a God. War 4 does the same. Says, oh, ready to start. And it said, yeah, yeah, ready to start the main menu while it says it's installing. And that's a lie because it's not installing, it's downloading. There's a difference. I had this with uh, Attack on Titan on PS4. Yes. It said it had downloaded. I played it. I got through the tutorial mission and then it said, okay, we don't have any more of the game or the multiplayer. Wait for us to download the other 20 gigs. Yeah, what was it you could do? Like, look in a gallery or something? Like, it was was fucking ridiculous. It's the opening tutorial. Yeah. The the gallery and, like, the hub world that that leads to the other missions, and that's all you got when it said it was downloaded. Tecmo Koei did that with the last... um, 
uh, Warriors game I played. Uh, I think it was a uh, Samurai Warriors game. Um, no, no, no. Or oh, well, maybe it was Dragon Quest here. Either way, it was one of the Musou games. And Tecmo Koei do it a lot. Um, Battlefront had a bollocks one where it was like it was one map and you're Darth Vader, and that's it. You're just Darth <laughs> Vader wandering around, just cho- like force choking people. Um, that's all going in my rant on month. Oh God, I'm so sick. What a fucking crocker horses bunkum that turned out to be. Some games so, do it all right. Bloodborne so, did so it. Ma- Mafia posit- Three though, like, um, yeah. whatever uh, about all like the, te- Nafia, the technical right? stuff. Like GTA Five is much more detailed and runs much better. But there's a lot more disappointment in that game for me than just the performance because I was really looking forward to it and for the first few hours it looked like it was going to be fantastic and then it puts you out into this open world that's just I mean it's you guys mock Ubisoft for repetitive stuff but this was just like to me like they out Ubisoft Ubisoft Uh, (laughs) I got a new a new um, segment coming to the Jimquisition. It's going to go up. I'm, I'm working on it tonight. It's going to be an extra show tonight because um, I do fuck Konami news at the end of some Jimquisitions, like after the credits. And I'm setting up a new mini series um, mm. called Oh Ubisoft. Oh Ubisoft. Uh, this week's one. It, it will have been up by the time this goes up. Uh, this week's one was about. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, I'm going to go through all the list of uh, times Ubisoft said Careful it was now, in development. Jim. You don't want them oh. cancelling it and Laura being very cross with you. <laughs> at, at this well, point, they I will do, never cancel like, Ubisoft Sterling, We're cancelling the game no. because of him. They will never cancel it because they have some kind of grudge against me and they want to watch me suffer. But you are right. Like They, they actively have lied multiple times about it being in development. And that's They're fucking liars, bullshit. Laura, K. Buzz. Yeah, they are liars. They they said for years it was in development. It's in development. We're working on it. It's happening. It's real. It still exists. And then they're like, we're in pre-development. Yeah, we're starting I, I, now. So I got fuck you. Fuck maybe you. maybe they started over though. Maybe they actually had a game that was there that was. Yes, but they said as recently as E3 that it was in development. Yeah. they said Ubisoft. E3 last year that it was in development. So unless they. Stopped development and then restarted it from scratch, which seems an odd decision after nearly a decade. Between last E3 and this E3, they probably have been lying for a long time. Yeah, Ubisoft need to shut the fuck up and suck my boyclit. Yeah, I I will not second that, seeing as I have a lot of friends who work for them. So <laughs> that's fine. You don't... you have to play nice with people. We're journalists. Yeah. Ah, fuck everyone. I. I get to say boyclit where musicians must stay silent. Yeah. <laughs> nice say, I love, I love nice the term boyclit. They give me free games and stuff, so I'm, I'm, I'm a continue to show for them. I like how, after what I said, there was nothing but silence until Gavin spoke. But yeah. I don't care because I've never said the word boyclit out loud. And now I'm making I'm, up for it. No, now that you've said it, I'm like, you know what? That's a beautiful phrase. Thank you for that, Jim. Thank you. Boy, um, this game. Uh, <laughs> that's another so, fucking. That's boy another tip, potential boy title. Boy, Modern Warfare Two. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, Modern Warfare, uh, yeah, I played that their remaster of uh, Call of Duty Four: oh, Modern Warfare. How, how is it? Uh, is it? It's, it's not out yet, is it? 
It's out for uh, PS4, yeah, if you pre-order. Ah, oh, that old pre-order boy. You naughty yeah. pre-order boy. Um, what do you think of it? Uh, I loved it. I mean, it's basically the exact same game, yeah. just much prettier with I mean, uh, yeah, a mo- few new animations and things. And Call of Duty 4 was... A, a, it, it was the game that got me into online multiplayer. Like, yeah. I'd played some stuff before. Um, I mean, it wasn't really until the Xbox 360... Um, came around that I got into really any kind of online play. Um, mm. Could never really afford the setup or a decent internet connection um, back in England because I wasn't rich despite having a plastic drink at lunch at school once. Um, <laughs> so I could never really afford it. Um, and then, and it wasn't until I moved to Eltham with the man who looked like Moby and wore a, a Luftwaffe hat um, that I convinced him to drag an Ethernet cable upstairs um, so I could finally play games online. And I played a bit of Gears of War, and that was cool, but I wasn't very good at it, so I didn't like it very much. Um, then Call of Duty 4 came out, and that was the game that really got me into it. I still remember unlocking the, the Scorpion SMG and... Mm being really, like, pleased with that weapon. And I'm like, this is cool, till I found a fucking LMG. And, yeah, I used to play that obsessively. So I I imagine it still holds up. It's the same for me. It must still hold up. They haven't changed the game since God 4 first came out. (laughs) Call of Duty 4 was my first and also favourite, like, online multiplayer game. And I... Mm-hmm. It, but it, it's like it's only the campaign at the moment that's available for like the pre-order thing. But even the campaign is just a masterclass in pacing, mm-hmm. in mission design. Like there's so many moments that I'd almost like you know, I hadn't forgotten them, but it like all gillied up that sniping yeah. mission out in Chernobyl mm. in in Pripyat. There's the the nuke level, which was amazing. The tanker at the beginning. You know, there's just so many memorable moments in it, uh, and and the characters like Captain Price and so. Oh yeah. Like they just don't make characters. Like Fifty thousand people in, used to live here. Series. Now it's a ghost <laughs> town. <laughs> Are those the good Russians or the bad Russians? <laughs> but, uh, Captain Price. Yeah. I always thought he was. Um, oh, what was his name on the bill? I can't remember. He was like a bad copper on the bill but he also played Johnny Allen in EastEnders he sounds just like him and I always thought it was him but I don't think it turned out to be him in the end the Captain voice actor Price was just such a brilliant I mean his his ridiculous speech as well in Modern Warfare 2 was so good like yeah we yeah. go forward That's... like a breath exhale from the earth it's just like what <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about I mean I the, love the, it, man. the thing I like about at least the good COD campaigns, because mm-hmm. there have been some stinkers, is they don't make any sense, really. Mm. Like, the the dialogue, as you point out, ridiculous. Um, story-wise, they don't really do anything. They, they're so hard to follow because everything's so vague, but they are wonderfully mm. paced. The set well, pieces actually, are amazing. But that's the thing. Call of Duty 4 actually harked back to a time when you could follow the story. You know, and that that's what's funny because mm-hmm. over time with Call of Duty, it's all just become a bunch of like Oscar Mycology, you know. <laughs> and in Call of Duty Four, you could actually follow the story. Like you had that moment at the start where you take the view of the the president who's being shot and executed. Like I remember that. Yeah. Where did they lose that inventiveness along the way? I wonder. Or maybe it's just um, that we're so used money. to it now that it doesn't. Maybe seem they just, as yeah. Maybe they just got 
bored. The fu- like, you Man, can only have so fucking, many ideas. The, the AC-130 part, how could I forget that? It's so disturbing and cold and clinical how they're all laughing over the kills and stuff and it's just like, mm. holy shit. It's brilliant. So good. Well, that's the thing. People... People claim like Call of Duty was always this oorah, America rocks, war is brilliant series. But I always, like, like it never gets credit for being subversive. Um, the nuke was obviously the, the, the most famous aspect of COD 4's campaign. Yeah. Um, but even the other games, um, even the ones that tried to kind of emulate No Russian and get a bit cynical with their must-have-a-shocking-moment bit, mm. it's never really been into war. It's always had... It's not quite on the level of Spec Ops The Line, obviously, mm. but there's always been this undercurrent of, you know what? War is not only not that glorious, it's also mm. kind of creepy. Kind of shit. Um, that we do this I to think, each other I think sort people of thing. form that opinion by only looking at the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the multiplayer and also the, the, the stereotypical, the archetype fan mm. of Call of Duty Because, like, is, Black, um, Bla- Black Ops... And Black Ops Two in particular was had some horrific moments in it that were really uncomfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was a deliberate Black Ops Two thing. is Black Ops Two is is one of my favourite campaigns. Mm, um, it's brilliant. It's it's definitely up there in the upper echelon, um, if only because like the other games had villains, but none of them particularly memorable. None of them I really kind of got into. Mm. Um, Black Ops Two had a great villain. And I kind of undermined my point because I've forgotten his name, but he was fucking brilliant. And that level where you play as him and Mm. he just loses it and the screen goes red and you go on a fucking rampage. He's like like, like Uber, Uber Trevor. Yeah, like it was it was something really good. And it it gave you a a real sense of humanity to the character. Mm. Um so yeah, I, I I like some COD campaigns. I like a lot of COD campaigns, actually. I mean, I I still maintain, uh, despite the stigma people try and attach to it, because they're like, oh, you don't like this Tale of Tales game? Go back to COD, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you can enjoy both types of game. Second of all, I don't think you're an idiot for liking it. And third of all, not ashamed to say, I've, I've always been... Well, I say always. Since Call of Duty 4, mm-hmm. um, I've been a, a big fan of COD. The recent um, ones I've been very critical of because they've kind of fallen into mediocrity. But I, yeah, what I happened love with Black Ops Three. Yeah, like, I love the what God was. And that was just so weird. And at first I thought it was cool that it was so wacky and weird. But then by the end it just yeah. all completely fell apart. You know what's I, sad? I can barely remember what Black Ops 3's conceit was. It was, it the, was there was the robots, times, wasn't it? And there was like you would go into these weird dream worlds. That were oh, kind of Bioshock oh, yeah. The one Which with Starbuck thought, in it. Yeah, and at first I thought, this is awesome. This is something new. Uh, but then by the end, it was like, you're just, uh, I don't know. They just kind uh, of lost the plot a bit. Call of yeah. Duty is one of those games that I enjoy the single player mainly for like, hey, it's a probably fairly brainless but nice spectacle sort of story where I can just tune out, enjoy shooting some stuff and be given a thinly veiled reason as to why I'm doing it. Yeah. And I enjoy them for that. Like, I don't play a huge amount of the multiplayer, if any, but I play the single player every time. I'm looking forward to Call of Duty in space. And you know, Call of Duty single player usually all right. So yeah. I'll go I mean, back. I'll go back to one of the good ones with better graphics. That works for me. It has enough. Sorry, you no, you go first, sir. 
Oh no, I was just going to say the one caveat with with COD Four is that it it made me really appreciate that they stopped doing the infinite respawning enemies thing that they did mm. in COD Four because mm. that mechanic, while I understand what they were going for with it, it could get very annoying at times. Very tedious. It's it's yeah. particularly yeah. On especially the someone like me. Like, I'm a very methodical player. Um, you wouldn't tell that from my YouTube videos where I'm not <coughs> yeah. paying attention. But in private, I'm very methodical. I like to... Like, it's, it's a pain in the ass. I've been playing Super Stardust HD on um, VR. It's a pain in the ass because that's a game where you hit meteors and they break into little pieces. And I'm very fastidious about that. Like, I like to clear stuff. Mm. So I will stay in a spot and I will clear before moving on. And the earlier COD campaigns run so counter to that. Mm. While at the same time throwing grenades at you oh, uh, constantly. Grenades. And the way it keeps telling you not to stand next to explosives every time you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little hard because there's an explosive everywhere. Indeed, I, I didn't. I didn't COD, decide to stand next to this explosive. It wasn't a conscious choice. Mm. COD Four is like one of maybe three games ever, though, that I got all the achievements on. And like anyone who's done this will know, the fucking joy you get from getting the Mile High Club achievement is just <laughs> there's nothing like it because <laughs> you have to spend hours learning that level well, like a ballet. Much, much, much like in life, there is joy to be had by achieving the Mile High Club. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking so, about fucking on planes, right? Talking about fucking on planes. Yeah. Right. Um, so other know. other quick bits of news we got. Uh, Oculus. There's had my a... other glasses cleaning cloth. For fuck's sake, it's been on the other side of my desk. Sorry. So Oculus had a press conference that Palmer Lucky did not appear at. Shock and horror. Uh, yes, yeah, because which... he was too busy kicking the shit out of homeless people. Something like fucking that. Tory um, prick. He basically, like, he didn't turn up, but they did announce, you know, that the Oculus is going to have those movement controllers like the Vive has. Yeah, yeah if you want them, they're going to cost you either $200 or £200. Jesus Christ. Yep, so they're basically going to bring the price of the Oculus up to the price of the Vive. Well, it's get fair it enough. With the motion controls. It's fair enough. Like, bone white, raised edges, gilded business cards are expensive and Palmer needs those. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? I'm saying he's Patrick Bateman. Oh, I, I was going to go more for the, um, you need to charge a lot for these motion controllers because otherwise how will you afford to fund memes? Yeah, so, either way, he's a Tory fuck. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, yeah they're, I tell you they're, what, like, they're expensive, sorry. but I'm not super surprised by that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not super surprised it's getting motion controls. That's all VR is. VR is, is, has, has just been the surreptitious return of failed motion control because it worked I, so well the first time. I round. still disagree in that I think there are things you can inherently do with motion controls in VR that you can't do in motion controls with a standard display. But I get where you're coming from. Well, I mean, I, I don't disagree that motion controls work well um, for that whole immersion thing. You know, VR has its benefits, and I, I, I do at one point plan to do a, a, like an, a, a more positive counter to the Jimquisition I did about VR this past week. Um, mm. And yeah, it's, it's an immersive thing, and having motion controls helps with that. Um, but when I'm playing something like uh, PlayStation VR Worlds, mm. and it's things like 
Use the motion, use the move controller to pick up a cigar and then use the other one to pick up a lighter and then light the cigar. I'm like, Shh, mate, I did this shit six years ago. I did this tech demo waggle bullshit six years ago. I, you I w- hack. I will you agree. Hack fuck. I will agree with you, but I will also say like, and this is the example I keep going to for like a moment that I felt like I couldn't have had this experience without VR and motion controls. And it's that game Space Pirate Trainer on the v- uh, on the Vive, which is just like stand on top of this futuristic space building and shoot down robots that fly in. It was the moment that I realised I could be shooting in one direction, independently shooting in a separate direction at the same time, keeping a vague eye on both those directions to see if I was shooting correctly, while also checking out where I was going to shoot or defend next, like, mm-hmm. with my main vision. Where it's like, I can independently be shooting in two different directions and looking in a third. That was something that I couldn't do in, like, mm-hmm. with a traditional controller and a traditional display. Mm-hmm. And something that was, like, inherently, as someone that finds it really hard to do fine motor control, like, I really struggle with analog sticks for fine movement. I found it so much easier to point in a direction and shoot rather than try and use an analog stick to line myself up and shoot. And mm. well, I, I mean, that's, inherently that's... like for, for me, that's the thing where I'm like, yeah. I see value in this, even if I don't think the tech's going to take off this time round, or if I'm yeah. dubious of that and I can see that's all of enough. the valid complaints about it. I, I do mean, think yeah, there are things it, that are like, yeah, it's cool to have motion controllers in VR. And similarly, you make a valid point. Um, my counter to that is it's a matter of faith i have not the faith that enough developers will do that kind of thing will actually say so we've got vr we've got motion controls coming back we already demoed the tech six years ago let's stop doing tech demos and start getting serious Mm. because the funny thing is as much as i complain about vr being the surreptitious return of motion control I like the PlayStation Move as a concept, as a controller. Uh, I don't think Sony should be charging a hundred bucks for two of them, considering they're all six years old. And I got some new ones sent to me by Sony, and they're the exact same fucking thing. Um, it shouldn't be. They're six years old for fuck's sake, Sony. Sort it out. But anyway. I like the way they feel. I like the fact that the little balls at the top turn different colours because I'm a child and I just find colours fun. Um, (laughs) I always had a fondness for the Move as a device. I hated the fact that all of the PlayStation Move games were shit. And that's my fear right now is that we're just going to see the same shit. We're going to see more Deadman's Quest and all these shitty motion games, except this time you get to wear a helmet and that'll fool the, people for a few minutes. The the one that I'm looking forward to and that like is going to be my test bed for do I think that long-term VR can survive or that it can provide valuable lengthy experiences. Right now it's budget cuts, which only exists as a demo currently where you sneak through an office building throwing throwing knives at robots and trying to stamp approved on a CV in an office somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that I had a lot of fun with And I have seen that like people from core gamers Right down to like the kind of people like my mother Who only really have played the Wii in the last two decades Have engaged with both equally and both enjoyed I'm like, if they can turn that into an engaging full game 
then that's going to give me some faith. If they the can the I'm probably going to walk away. The VR game I'm looking forward to the most is Gav Gets a Mortgage Simulator, in which I actually have a room large enough to play VR in. Gav, yeah. I hate to break it to you, Jim's got a mortgage. Yeah. Jim's office cannot support <laughs> Well, here's, um, here's, here's what that game will be, Gavin. It will be a simulator where you get to sit in, in the centre of a room that is large enough for you to do VR, but you don't get to walk around because it's not a room-scale experience. So you get to sit there and look around and be like, oh, this room would be big enough to set VR up in. And then you take the headset off and it's like, oh, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> and that, that's, that's your whole experience. That that's why I keep saying that the PlayStation VR is is my favourite of the set um, because it is so much more designed. It is designed for consoles, so it is still very largely sat down experiences. Which a let's get the obvious joke out of the way. It's good because I'm fat. Ha ha! Great joke. Ten <laughs> out of ten. But also because you know. Having a, a large enough room isn't a factor. Mm. Having a, a ruptured spinal disc isn't a factor. Um, you you just get to sit down and, and kick back and relax like you would with a normal game. And that's why games like Riggs and Rush of Blood have been my favourite VR experiences so far. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that's basically that. Are we still on news? Uh, yeah, we were. We've we're just got VR here. again. Uh, we have we have two like very quick bits of news to get out the way. This that's fine. I mean, meant to be like ten minutes this week. Well, we're an hour thing. in and we're still getting through it. Here's the thing: unless either of you have better things to do, I mean, to be fair, I've got so many things to do. But right now, I am so knocked up. I don't give a shit. I um, I don't give a shit either right now. So I'm happy for this to go on so a while. Being the hundredth episode, I don't mind. This is maybe been a bit longer than usual. This is a funny thing, actually, that you would just mention that because uh, Rachel just sent me a picture of the television and the Big Bang Theory is on. And <laughs> She was like, how long are you going to be? I was like, I don't know, it could be a while. And she's like, well, at least you're missing Big Bang Theory. Okay, like, you know what, let's, you stay, let's stay here a bit longer, guys, because I don't want to keep you here that. as long as Fucking, we can, then. That show, oh my God. Ha ha, the guy has a speech impediment. That's the, no, that's the joke. No, that's literally the, the, the joke. The, the three that jokes. was a joke in Looney yeah. Tunes in the 1920s. The, the three oh, look, jokes Sheldon, in Big Bang. Sheldon has mild autism and isn't socially good. Ha 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 The three jokes in that show are, we mentioned a piece of geek culture. Isn't it funny that we mentioned it? Sheldon has autism and struggles with social situations, even though the writers deny it, but he's very clearly written as having an autistic spectrum disorder. Ha ha ha. And, and girl, and, girl oh, doesn't get nerd stuff. Ah. Uh, Girl doesn't get the nerd stuff, but the nerds want the girl, but she doesn't get the nerd stuff, and that's the three jokes in that show. Like you could, it's you basically could, YouTube comments. You could make show. funny jokes with speech impediment. Like I can't even talk now. South Park have done it's it, dramatic. and they've done it without being mean. Sometimes they're mean, other times. But the literal joke in Big Bang Theory is he can't say what is it? He he can't pronounce his R's properly or something, and that's literally the joke. That's what the laugh track comes from. Oh, it's yeah. that makes you like. Don't start me on what that. What the hell did Jonathan me. Ross fight for? <laughs> if we're still taking the piss out of people who can't pronounce I... their ass, because he made it look fucking good. He yeah. made he mm. owned it. Jonathan Ross, he made speech impediments sexy. Like I'm not having a like I'm not even like making fun of him because mm. I think Jonathan mm. Ross is awesome. I like Jonathan Ross. Yeah, he's um, cool. Like 
he was a, a broadcaster, TV host, radio, with a speech impediment that he didn't, like, hide or try and make up for or anything. He just fucking owned it. And, yeah. mm. and it genuinely saddens me that the Big Bang Theory is trying to undo that. Yeah, if I, I were Jonathan Ross, I oh, I'd kick the shit out of. I I have two look, things. Oh, I, oh look, we made a reference to some retro nerd thing, and then you hear a laugh track, and you're like, really? This is yeah. There, there are two things I say about the Big Bang Theory. First of all, go on YouTube and find clips of that show without the laugh track. It's really mm-hmm. tough to work out where the jokes are meant to be. Can Second- I have, as an addendum, um, just to quickly cut in? I know I've been talking a lot today. Sorry. <laughs> um, just to quickly. Also find clips of the Big Bang Theory where people have taken the laugh track out but replaced it with Titus's <gasps> laugh from Final Fantasy. Oh my god, that's, oh my that's god. the best. Um, it's glorious. The, the other thing I will say is go watch Community because for the problems that show has, it where the Big Bang Theory feels like a show for people who aren't into geek culture because ha ha ha, geek culture, Community feels like a show written by people that are like, no, geek culture's kind of cool. It feels like the nice counterpoint to the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. In that regard. So, yeah, we had like two Sorry. quick bits of news to still do. Bit of a tangent there. To keep you away from Big Bang Theory. Um, the Podquisition is a bad drink. Uh, that's our hundredth. That's our hundredth episode special. We finally mentioned the Big Bang fucking theory. We we've mentioned it before, I'm sure. Um, okay, so you know how there's a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie happening next year, and that's like a thing yeah. that's happening. Um, there's a game being tied into that that was shown at the recent Comic Con. Uh, I can't remember what city the recent Comic Con was in. Um, New York. New York. I was like, they had brand new Boglins there. Oh, very nice. Um, Conrad, this is a spoiler for the next Boglin Watch 2016, which is now its own video series. Please watch it. It doesn't get many <laughs> views. Um, Conrad Zimmerman was at New York Comic Con, and he got the inventor of Boglins, Tim Clark, to sign um, <gasps> one of the Boglin boxes. And it, he even he, he said, the guy, Tim Clark, he said he was really confused when he got the request to sign it the way he signed it, but it says, number one Boglin boy on it. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, the Continue, other yes, the other thing that Conrad could have done while there is they showed off a Power Rangers tie-in video game that hadn't been announced yet. <laughs> that was like a Namco Bandai made game for the PS4, Xbox One, Steam, and it hadn't been announced, and it was just playable on the show floor. And people were taking like off-screen videos, being like, "This is real. It exists. It looks a bit shit." And then, like, four days later, it got announced. And I don't know how you do that. Like, take a That's game... That's a Konami move. How do you take a game to a trade show and not have announced it yet? Yeah. Honestly, like, that is the kind of thing Konami would do. Like, that is such a don't-give-a-fuck move. That's amazing. Yeah, so that was bizarre. And then the Did last... it look good? Uh, it looks kind of shit. But okay. It, I don't know why I asked. I'll probably still play it because it's a beat 'em up based on like 2D cartoon designs of the 90s Power Rangers. So I'll probably play it. Oh, is it um, 90s based? Oh, it looks it's like not based on the new film. No, it's des- it's the uh, the the Ranger designs from the 90s series. So oh, Namco, that... Namco, let me be in your yeah, game. That's, that's I've already enough. played Rita Repulsa in jazz punk. I can do it for you. <laughs> Um, now we conquer Earth! I can do it. I would love Hit to see up. you in that game. Please, please, please. Um, the last quick bit of news we have. You know how we were both complaining about ReCore having unbelievably long load times? Oh, Christ, so bad. Uh, th- this week, they released a patch that reduced the load times quite considerably. 
My question, is that too little too late for that game? Absolutely. You know, literally the only time I've heard people mention that game is when you two talked about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, here's the thing. For me, like, cutting down the load times goes a long way to fixing my issues with that game. The problem is, at this point, you've you've missed the big wave of people talking about it. Yeah, your window's You're not going to get that back by fixing the load times now. And considering, as Gavin highlighted, it didn't have a big window to begin with. Like, that, nah. Nah, they fucked it. They fucked it. They, they done, done fucked it, so, um... Did either of you play Gears of War 4? Oh, yeah, we've um, got games to talk about, haven't we? We, yeah. we talked a little bit about it last week, didn't we, Jim? I mentioned it last week because uh, my review went up uh, just before the show was due to yeah. go up. So I talked about my disappointments with the campaign and everything. I'm, I'm guessing um, you've just played it, Gav. Yeah, I just played it, like, over the last yeah, couple of days. Um, okay, I think I'm about six hours into the campaign, I, th- I think. and Nearly done. It's a lot of fun. It's well kind of there are moments where it's well paced there are other moments it becomes a bit of a slog but my main problem with it is the new cast it's so funny because they're really Mm. boring and there's a certain point of the story where you meet an old character and suddenly the the dialogue just improves a hundred percent for like an hour and then that character is kind of gone missing and you're like no honestly (laughs) they're pushing Gears 4 as, you know, a new era, a new generation, a new cast. Uh, mm. and, and all the campaign does is prove that... They didn't Gears, need to. Yeah, a big part of Gears' success was the older characters. Mm. And to be honest, I would not feel betrayed if Gears 5 just said, fuck it, Let's put and Marcus just gave us... Yeah. He just gave us Marcus and Baird and the fucking coal train again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. They're ruining um, my fucking tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that was the line I said I said last week. I said, yeah. there's a line. It's Every game's got to have one. Every Gears has to have its giant worm line. And for that, my fucking tomatoes. Oh, like fucking that. tomatoes. So, um, but next week, Gav, if mm. you've beaten the campaign by then, and it sounds like you're going to, um, I really want to know what you think about the quote-unquote ending. Okay. Mm, if let, they ki- let's if not they say ki- anything if, till Gav's done. If they kill off Marcus for dramatic effect, I'm gonna be pissed. I'll be, that like, would be so pissed if they do that for a cheap emotional uh, gut punch. You give you give the campaign too much credit. Okay. That <laughs> that would be an event, thus making the campaign eventful. So that that would be like something of consequence happened. Something happening. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, like I said in my review, it basically feels like like Telltale wrote it. Like this is episode one of an episodic game, except this is one you pay sixty bucks for. Um, mm. Other than that, I mean, like, the it, combat's still good, but that's because Epic made it good in like you know whenever it was the the first one came out yeah like, the combat hasn't changed a single a million years mm. ago and actually that was a point of conflict in my mind because when you look at games like splinter cell blacklist that have this really elegant cover system where you point at the next cover and move to it i feel like gears could have benefited a bit from that because the thing about gears is when you get into close quarters in the campaign um it just gets really clunky when you're one-on-one with mm. someone in close quarters, and I feel there was ways they could have dealt with that better, maybe. Yeah. Also, do you... You'll, 
do you agree with me on this, Gav? The swarm are shit. Yeah, they don't have the compared to the of fucking the locust. locust. Yeah. Like really... that was one of my problems with Gears Three as well. Was they 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 were phasing the locust out for the Lamben, mm. which were just boring locust. And this doubles down on that with just mm. boring locust. Like with none of the diversity. Where are the Theron guards? Where are the beast riders? Where are they? Um, oh, are they the reavers? The, the, and it's the, such the a cocktail because you get them all in the first fucking level. <laughs> and, that's it. Yeah, it gives and you then this you little sort of flashback. It's, yeah, like I, the locusts need to come back the first, properly. The first hour is absolutely brilliant. The way they did that first hour, I thought was so impressive. I don't mm-hmm. I, like it, it. Probably a bit of a spoiler, but you get a recap of of the series in a very clever way. I thought it was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know. The, the action sequences are great, as expected, and the vehicle sections are frustrating, as expected. And, you know, it's more gears, you know. But the new cast, nah, not not interested. Terror, yeah. Give me back Marcus as my, my main character, please. How did, how did Marcus raise such a boring boy? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. It's no, always no. fun with you, JD. <laughs> did, we, did we want to talk about anything else we played this week? Um... I mean, I'll, I'll do a, some brief wrap-ups of, of my continued journey through PlayStation VR, I suppose. Um, embargoes you, um, went up today. Jim, I mean, just before you uh, get onto that, did you review Mafia 3? Not yet. I, in okay. fact, I only just... Um, it's, it's paused right now. Uh, I only just started... I, di- I did some Jim Pressions videos yeah. uh, last weekend, but I've only just started playing it from the beginning again seriously for review. Yeah. Um, they didn't send review copies out. Um, yeah, I know. Certainly not to me, and if any did get them, it was like after launch. They mm. really didn't help yeah, anyone most, with this. Most outlets were purchasing copies from Australia, because Australia, I think, for some reason, had an early release date and were playing retail copies. Like, wow. no Is it one just me, or did it come had out it quiet? Launch. It came it, out. It was out for two days mm. before I realised it was out. It came out pretty quiet, yeah. And that might just be because there was no press coverage of it because everyone was still busy playing yeah. it. Yeah, there was nothing sort of buoying its release. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I I can't even form an opinion so far. Mm. I'm so my early my in opinion it, but... is it's the most disappointing game of the year for me. Well, fuck. Yeah. Um, I was I really mean, initially maybe expecting too much from it, but. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the look of the story and, and for the first few hours it was really what I thought it was right. going to be this cool story See I'm story not even that based. far because right get now out, I'm digging the style like the way they marry music to visual and the, the street sign navigation system like yeah. it's got some nice style although it is visually a little bit like graphically I should say rather than visually it is clearly dated looking All of um, that is great it's just once you once you get to a certain point of the story, you can only continue the story by grinding open world missions over uh, and over and over, and it just I, it, it lost that. all its appeal to me then, which sucks because Clay, uh, what was his name, Lincoln, is a, a cool, yeah. cool protagonist, and like, I mean, he's an asshole, but then every protagonist in that series is. But I felt like his story at least had some kind of uh, sympathetic overtones, and it was going interesting places, and they. 
they didn't punch pull any punches with the racism and things and i thought that was good i immediately noticed that yeah, yeah. and uh i don't know it just falls apart then you just go out in the open world and get all these boring repetitive missions which is really disappointing well fuck that's my big bugbear with open world games as well i'm sad to hear that i've been like after i've been working so hard getting some like getting vr stuff up that i was kind of really looking forward to it so mm. Oh well, uh, I got Dragon Quest Builders at least. Uh, not very far in that one either, but that's fun. That's basically, the one that's basically Minecraft. Minecraft yeah. yeah, Minecraft with a Dragon Quest overlay. Um, except it's more, it feels more straightforward than Minecraft. Okay. Um, like everything's just a bit quicker. Uh, I I like Minecraft. I don't love it. I like it, um, but I find it a bit too. I can't even describe what my main problem with it is. Um, I don't know, there's just something a little bit directionless about it, which is kind of fine. Like, games that just give you free reign have their appeal, but there's just something about it that I never quite quite gelled with. Whereas this um, gives you a lot of missions and tasks and things on top of the building, uh, which I like. Just a, I, I like direction, you know. That's that's just me. It's fair enough. I mean, in Minecraft, video games Minecraft and in is, the bedroom, just mi- tell me what I'm doing. Minecraft is more like Lego in the way; it's more just whatever you make of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I have no imagination, so fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, just to briefly touch on it, um, I've not played all the VR, all the PSVR games yet. I know some people are wondering where certain reviews are for certain games. I only just got a Battlezone code t- today. Mm. I only just, like, while recording, got a message from... Um, uh, what's their name? I forgot. Polytron. Got a, a message from Polytron um, with a super hypercube code. Uh, Eve. I don't have anything for Eve. Um, so I may have to buy it. But considering I've heard it makes people sick, I'm not spending money for something that might make me sick. So normally I have no problem buying my own review copies, but I'm not doing that with VR games. I'm simply not doing it because I'm every, not every single person I've seen talk about Ill. Eve has said that it made them feel sick. So I'm not gonna bother trying it right, right now. Right? Yeah. Wow. Unless I get a code for it, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Um, Res Infinite. I I I may do a review on. Um, it, it works well in VR and it's res, so you know. Yeah, res is I, res. I I played maybe twenty minutes of it at um, at E three and it was res. It was yeah. it was more res and it was in VR yeah. and that was cool, but it was more res. Super Stardust for the most part is the same story. It's Super Stardust, but kind of it's like playing it with a little three D TV strapped to your head. Um, Super Stardust is fantastic um the new one has a vr mode like a special uh new gameplay game type called vr invasion or, or invaders one of the two uh where it's first person and you're in the cockpit of a ship on the ground of the planet and you know ships and aliens are coming in at you um not bad it does it doesn't make me feel sick but it does make my stomach feel weird because there's such a there's, there's a strange inertia and flow mm. to the way you move that it just like pulls me by my stomach every time I move. Just that slight um, lurching motion that some VR yeah. games do. And and when I was done playing, I got a bit headachey. So be wary of that one. Mm. Um, 
here they lie is today, right now, talking the worst game I've played this year. Possibly one of the worst games I've ever played. It got an 8 out of 10 on Game Informer, which I believe really highlights the disparity of experience that virtual reality has. And that's one of the points I was trying to make Mm. when I was talking about it being excluding to people with disabilities or eye issues and and motion sickness issues. Um, I wasn't trying to make a social justice point, even though I think that's a point that could be made. I was making a sheer numbers point. Um, But that highlights the unique way in which VR can be exclusive, that some people can like this game. And here's the thing, and I don't like to criticise the reviews of others, but even without the VR... Speaking as someone who has played so many horror games, especially first-person ones on Steam, here they lie. If you took out the VR and the fact that it makes me so ill, I'm literally worthless for an hour after playing it. Like, that's how sick it made me. Like, I've never felt so ill due to a video game. Even if we took that out, it's a mundane, mediocre, also-ran, hideous hideous game it, it's it's like someone it's like a baby tried to make amnesia like there's quote unquote stealth but you don't even crouch like you just like breeze past enemies if we can call them that um with their backs turned to you and then it's Apart from the one bit where I saw a man wearing a hyena's head fucking a CRT television. Um, It's got some interesting visuals, but it is... It's a boring game, and I feel like because it's a horror game in VR, and thus automatically feels a little more scary, it's getting praise where history will look back on it and say, what the fuck were we thinking saying that was good? But you add in the fact that it's so unpleasant for me to play. I, I I struggle right now to think of a game that I wouldn't rather play before I'd play that again. I, I think you could put mm. that game next to any other game and I'd pick the other game to play. That sucks to hear. The, the scores for this game have been right all over the shop. They have been ridiculously split, which is, you know, always odd to see. It's. Uh, I'm sad to hear that there are quite so many disappointing things about a game that some people seem so into. Rigs, I played as well. Oh god, yeah. Um, to date, like I said, still got some reviews to get done. Uh, but Rigs and Here They Lie are the two reviews up on the gymquisition.com at the time of talking. I don't know if that situation will change. With the amount of extra work I've given myself today, probably not. But um, Rigs, it's funny because Game Informer again said they felt nauseous playing that. And I had the opposite. So whoever was doing their reviews, like our stomachs are like the other way round. I um, I got motion sick with Riggs back at EGX. See, that's weird because it's the only game I've played with actual analog controls that hasn't made me sick in VR. Mm. Uh, I I can play it for ages and dig it. Like I love Riggs. I think it's a great game. Um, I'm I'm, but initi- again, my I'm initially fine. Everyone. And it about, like, I've played it a few times, and each time, maybe five to ten minutes in, I hit a point and suddenly motion sickness happens, and I don't know what it is that triggers it. Oh. 
Yeah, because I don't know what it is they've done that made me like find it so playable. But like the uh, thing again, the thing I've heard a lot of people say is because you're in a an enclosed cockpit, you're not expecting to feel movement because you're sat in a static place within the world, and your sort of line of sight then is sort of within your cockpit. So it's it's in reference to a static position. It makes sense, because, I mean, that, that would explain why mech games and flight simulators, like space flight sims, uh, tend to be really popular in VR. Um, I guess they work really well because of that cockpit situation. So, so yeah, um, personally, I like rigs. It also helps that I seem to be, or at least I was when I was playing against Journo Scum. Um, I was kicking fucking ass. There's a video up on my YouTube channel um, I do three matches in a row, MVP of all of them, leaving all the other fucks in the dust. Awesome. I'm the world champion Riggs player. Is, Fight is, me. Is this a game that you, you're you just saying you like because you beat people in it and then got to put a video up where you looked good and therefore it's a good game? Is that I'm what it is, saying, Jim? I'm just saying it greases the wheels. <laughs> Hooray! I'm, I'm, I'm joking, people take that serious. Is, is, is that all your VR games then? Yeah, yeah. I've I've not played anything this week, so I've got nothing to throw in my hat in for this one. Um, so we we got some questions. Uh, yeah. Um, update me on what the question is, because I got a I got to go get some more. I really need some water. That's all right. Shall, so, shall I tell I'll you the question before you go, and then you can think about yeah. it while you're gone? So the first That's question from Beat Nick Bedlam is: What's your favorite Podquisition episode title? And now go get your right. water. I'll ruminate on that. Gavin, do you have a favourite title of an episode we've done? Ooh, off the top of my head, it's hard to remember the. I mean, we talked about the Hobgoblin's Knobhole one before, before I, we started. Yeah. I think that was a nice one. I, I don't know. I had, a, I had a quick skim backwards through episode titles on the website, and yeah. the one that stood out to me first was I quite enjoyed Link's Jizz Enema Murder Boner. Was that the... F- that wasn't the first episode by any chance, was it? No, no, that was Link pissing out the ass. was episode one. Uh, like, yeah, a- yeah. 80 or so episodes in, we had the new Link amiibo that looked like he was um, shitting out a bunch of jizz. Yeah. So, I quite enjoyed that. I, I like shitty bum wiggle. Yeah, shitty bum... Sh- the smell of Moby's dick, I have to say, oh, was kind yeah. of a classic and one. <laughs> a lot of those are within the last, like, 20 episodes or so, like... Hobgoblin's yeah. knob hole was only like a couple of months ago. Um, what are, what are the ones that we had recently? I'm doing a bit of a skim back. Um, I quite shitty like... shitty bum wiggle was charming in its own uh, in its own way. It, it was. Um, I like jizzing brown paste on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> or just uh... Radiohead. That was a good one as well. <laughs> <laughs> just just Radiohead. Um, yeah. Yeah, I... Now Has anyone... I've, I've just come back. Has anyone said the smell of Moby's dick yet? Yes. Gavin said the smell That's of Moby's time. dick. Um, yeah. What other ones were there? there? There was the one that annoyed everyone where we said the Xbox One is a bit toss and that was our episode title. I I still... I morally stand by that one. <laughs> that 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 is probably the... Uh, the response we got the most, like... We got the most replies about that one. <laughs> um, Falling in a river on drugs. I can't believe I told that story on the, on the podcast. <laughs> um, 
That was, oh, that was a fantastic. <laughs> Laura drinks Bob Marley's USB cable. <laughs> I, I quite like Smegnog. Yeah, that was good. Smegnog. Uh, David Cameron fucked a pig, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. David Cameron fucked a pig. Can't forget <laughs> that because that was important. Um, I, I like this episode title just because we, because of the thing it was attached to. I like that episode 52 was round the twist. In which we got Gavin singing on the show, and it was adorable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Donald just... Trump's SpongeBob sex issue was funny before he became a terrifying monster. Oh yeah, it was ter- Like it was funny before there was like a literal, very real chance that he might become president. Yeah, and I now think it's like oh. There's a poetic, certain poetic ring to Mysterio dick paint as well. <laughs> I was just looking at that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I like Mysterio dick paint. Um. I like Metal Gear Naked Dad. That's a good one. I don't Di- remember oh, why guys, Naked guys, Dad. Guys. Sex with a man parrot. Guys. Yeah. Dank, yeah. dank cum sock. Mmm, <laughs> that was a classic. That was a classic. I, I, I want to see if this is... Okay, I like the, the episode we have called Pumpkin Flavored, Flavored Anal Beads purely because <laughs> if you search pumpkin anal beads on Google, we are like still in the top couple of results for that. And <laughs> nice. I, I love that we are up the top of the Google uh, rankings for pumpkin anal beats. Just to- Our fifth episode was uh, Raphael's cheesy Christmas meat. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, that was good. We've we've had some we've had some good ones, I think it's fair to we've say. We've had some good so. ones. We've had oh, some yeah. fun That's titles. some some good episode titles what we've had. Um the, let's the, have a look. the picture uh, that Jim chose for the Dancom sock, I mean Makes it so much more disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to ask another like podquisition history related question. This one's from Martin Gordon Stewart. On a more serious note, after 100 episodes, how happy are you guys with the podcast as a whole? If you wanted to, what what would you change, if anything, about it? I I think mm. it's fair to say I'm pretty damn happy about this show. It is its own very weird thing. I would never try and replicate this with a different group of people. It is very much the product of the people that Jim put together to do it. Mm. That's would, true, yeah. yeah. I would change the uh, my Skype connection time because that way... <laughs> That way, the pacing of the conversation wouldn't look like I'm always interrupting people when actually I'm speaking in the quiet bits for me, but for <laughs> yeah, some reason it seems to come through after you guys have started talking. I, I think there's like a 50-50, like, you talking because Skype made it seem like it was quiet and you just being an interrupting asshole. It's about 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm really happy with the show. Um... I know for myself, I like when we can have guests on. I think that it's difficult sometimes to impress on a guest before, like, if they're not someone who's aware of the show. Hey, we're going to be loud and boisterous. Don't be afraid to push yourself right in there. Um, That's a thing that, like, I don't know if there's anything we could be doing our end to make that easier if we have guests or, you know, if it's just about picking guests that we know won't be afraid to push their way in like that, but... No, well, I'm there's not... always something we can do on our end if we want someone to push their way what, in. What, we could shut up? <laughs> I know, I was just making <laughs> sex jokes. Oh, oh, uh, push in. But, yeah, what, yeah, what about yeah. you? You both and you both happy with the show? Thrilled. I mean, it's it's 
from a sheer numbers perspective, it's the most popular podcast I've ever worked on. It, um, it, it does, I always it... leave the recording grinning. Like, I'm just... I mean, the, one of the reasons I chose the cast I chose was because I love talking to Laura, I love talking to Gavin. Like, it's a good excuse to chat with my friends once a week. So mm. I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I'll second that. Yeah, I, I will agree with, like, I always leave recordings happy and just... Like, yeah, we did a good thing. And I always come out of it feeling like that, so I can't complain too much, can I? Um, So, we have some other questions. Um, I think we should talk about Fallout more, though. Yeah, of course. That's how we can improve the We don't talk about Fallout or the Souls series. Or the Souls games, yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about either of those enough. Or VR. Um, We should probably give VR a mention at some point. Just just at some point. For the three people out there who are actually interested in it. Hey, Does hey, Ben Kachera even listen to this podcast? Probably not. Because if he not. doesn't, that's only probably two people who are into Ga- VR that listen Gavin, to it. VR is a profitable mass market product that will reach the masses and be successful it's for the, the long term. Um, next hey, question. <laughs> uh, next question is from David Charlesworth. Laura danced into the Ubisoft E3 conference during Just Dance while Just Dance was on stage. <laughs> How would Jim sneak into a Konami conference and how would Gavin sneak into a Bethesda conference? So this would be in reference to me just picking up a cardboard box and pretending I was important and walking into the Ubisoft conference. How are you two going to sneak into your hypothetical press conferences? Let me just. Why would I go to a Konami conference? (laughs) Well, I don't know, to throw tomatoes from the back of the room? To throw tomatoes. To throw his fucking tomatoes. (laughs) I would... I wouldn't... Like, I... uh, I would just brazenly walk in, not trying, not picking anything up, not like trying to like act like I'm anybody else but me. But I would walk in like I should be there and hope that it ends with me being thrown out so that I can make a big deal about it. <laughs> just so that you can have the headline Konami throw me out of their press conference. Yeah, yeah, and maybe I'll make a little bit of a scene so that other websites will report on oh, it as well. Oh, yeah, that, that could Lo- be... Idiot! <laughs> Idiot blogger ruins things for everyone. Yeah, because that, that, is, that is what you are. Idiot blogger, that's your job. Uh, Gavin, how are you sneaking into our hypothetical press well, conference? Le- let me just sip on my chamomile tea while I say this. I wouldn't have to. Oh... Oh, because mm, oh, I because yeah. I yes. get invited to them. Oh, yes, smug little <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> very privileged dancer, Gav. It's, yeah, it's the I'm, kind I'm of I'm doing a little privileged dance around now. It's it's the kind of answer that someone who's in bed with the publishers and we can't trust their opinion would say. Exactly. I'm doing the, a little dance of victory around show. now, like you, like yeah. Amy Schumer after a bad joke. You you can trust me and Jim's opinions on games because like publishers don't uh, like actively don't want us around. Therefore, you can trust that that we have your best interests at heart. You know, I I even had to say I said this on Twitter yesterday because people always ask me, "Is the game worth whatever dollars?" And I I just put out a general tweet saying, "I'm not the right person to ask for that because I just tell you the games I like and." You know, well, that's I think you said that's like, we like really ask do. reviewers. We just, yeah, I was like, we, look at reviews if you want to know if it's worth your money because yeah. that's not really what I do. Yeah, I was going to respond, but I couldn't be bothered in the end. But like, don't even ask reviewers if it's worth your money. Yeah. Like, mm. like just 
find the reviewers whose tastes align with yours, yeah. and then if they like something, then maybe it's worth your money. Oh. Like, I hate it when someone asks me, like, yeah. is this worth my money? It I depends don't like telling how much people money what to do have. with their No one knows what your money or time are worth. Like, I, I will always say, like, read three or four reviews of the same game, take, like, a rough average of the opinions and be like, okay, the game is probably somewhere in this range, maybe lean a bit towards the people whose tastes you generally align with and be like, okay, this is a good idea of what that game's probably going to be like. Should I try yeah. it? And I know it, it, it was just funny as well because it brought up a theme I've seen so much is that people really don't trust uh, the game's media. <laughs> they re- mm. And mostly I'm talking the kind of the bigger sites like IGN and GameSpot and no, Polygon. In, they really in, don't trust them. Instead, like, they uh, they trust the, the very credible, trustworthy YouTubers who definitely never agree to undisclosed brand deals. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's the problem. So, well, I'll I'll, I'll trust in the real people, the YouTubers, and all the, like, the yeah. Martin, Sorry, did we learn the nothing? The T Martins from and pro syndicates of the <laughs> yeah. world who would um, never do anything like, wrong. And I'm not saying like YouTube YouTubers are inherently more corrupt or anything, mm. but I like don't trust anyone. Mm. Like if if Stone Cold Steve Austin talks anything, it's that. And B. Um, there's no regulation there. There's no oversight. There's no editor in chief. There's no consequence. Like, look at T Martin. There's no consequence for doing it. Mm. I, so, like, if a journalist gets busted doing something corrupt, they're normally fucked. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, they, they, if you've got nothing to lose from from being a, a sly wanker, and Pro Syndicate and T Martin have taught us you've got nothing to lose doing it, then you know, just be careful. Just be careful. Find people who you feel you can trust um, and even then be sceptical. And I apply that to me as I would to anyone else. Um, You know, there's that... Maybe just always look at a few Superman and Lex Luthor are teaming up and Superman says, how can I trust you? And Lex Luthor says, you can't. Mm. And that's what I would tell anyone the same thing. How can I trust you, Jim? You can't. Find people whose opinions you generally agree with but then always have... Somewhere else you check it as well. Yeah. Now, I will just very quickly say, I do have a T. Martin Pro Syndicate story from EGX that I never pulled out. Um, So, I don't know if this is... I I don't know if this is true. Oh, go on. Sorry, I just had one more thing before you interrupted me, Laura. Oh, I interrupted (laughs) you, did I? Did I? But just, uh, just to end the reviews thing, here's a crazy thought as well with reviews. Read the review instead of just looking at the score to see mm. what the criticisms were. And because, yeah, you know, please. the criticisms on a 7 out of 10 game might still mean it's. They don't mean it's a game you're not going to love. You know? Yeah. yeah. And especially read them if you're going to whine about the score as well. Mm. So instead, you're going to, well, why did you give it this, this score, but you gave this game that score? And I'm like, why don't you read the thousand to two thousand words I wrote with the, <laughs> the, the numbers were attached to? Yeah. Yeah. You goddamn idiot. So, anyway, I have a story very quickly about yes. T Martin Pro Syndicate that I didn't. I didn't talk about it, when I was at EGX. Does it involve um, satanic rituals and sucking no, Satan's cock I, in order I'm, to. Uh, Unfortunately not, no. Um, I don't know that this is accurate, but I'm going off what the person I was with at the time told me. So I was walking through EGX and I walk past as someone surrounded by a bunch of like bodyguard type men in suits walk by. And whoever this person is say, <clears throat> says, nice hair. 
and just walks off. And the person next to me turns around and says, you know, that was pro syndicate, right? And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel weirdly gross. <laughs> That 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 that's who complimented me. So allegedly, did pros- you look a bit like um, Jesse from Breaking Bad, except from Manchester? Um, I wasn't paying attention to who it was. I was just like, oh, that person uh... has a lot of people around them. And then the person was like, oh yeah, that was Pro Syndicate. What what commented on positively on your hair? And I felt a bit gross. I was like, oh no, it's that person yeah. who was a bit gross, and he said something nice about my hair. So. That is my. I think yeah, it's nice that, if that balances it that, out. That does help to balance it out. But that is my one there singular interaction I've had with the T Martin Pro Syndicate scandal is that <laughs> apparently Pro uh, Pro Syndicate likes my hair. Maybe. There you go. Stories. That's Story always an awkward one. There was there's there's sometimes been like moments where like a YouTuber that I really like don't like. <laughs> Yeah, has left a lovely comment on one of my videos, and you're like, "Oh man, this is a difficult thing to process." <laughs> or said, "This song is amazing," and you're like, "Thanks, I despise everything you stand for, it, but thank you." <laughs> it is, it is its own weird thing, isn't it? So, um, yeah. yeah, let's jump to another question from. Um, here's a question just for me from Mashfiq Chowdhury. If Beyond Good and Evil 2 turns out to be absolute garbage, am I willing to take full responsibility for that? I'm not going to say full responsibility. I will take a heavy dose of responsibility and say, yep, maybe I should have let this sleeping dog lie. Maybe I should have left this well enough alone. You know, some of it obviously comes down to Ubisoft being shit, of course, but... I will take a healthy dose of responsibility if that game is bad, and I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, my bad. I should have just shut up and let it die. Fair enough. So, there's that. Uh, Emil Hayes-Stephenson, what age did each of you start drinking? Hmm. God, I can't remember. I think I, think I had my first beer age 11. The first time I remember, like, going out with friends and drinking when I wasn't supposed to, I was about 14, maybe 15. Yeah, I want to say about the same age myself. Mm. Yeah, That'd I used to... That would probably be the, the time that I started actually drinking. That, that, 14, would, 15. that would be when I was, like, climbing fences to sneak to beaches behind castles because that was the bit where the police never went to check for underage drinkers and going and, like, setting a campfire and getting drunk. That that was fun, because we knew we knew the bit of yeah. beach that had no footpath or road near to it. So if you snuck in there, then the police wouldn't find you night drinking. I I used to look. Yeah, I want to say about the same. I just I, it's a blur for me. Yeah. those years I, of my life. Yeah, so. same. I, the thing I remember about it is I remember that I lied to my parents and said that I was going to stay over, uh, have a sleepover at a friend from church's house, and that was my cover story for. Teenage drinking nice. Because you know as soon as you mention church They're like oh you got some good friends In your life and well, I could possibly go wrong. Yeah when, exactly when, when all of your like teenage years are an absolute Clusterfuck of chaos and conflict You tend to uh, just It becomes a blur at least that's what my therapist yeah. says Yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fair. Like my my uh, my teen years were a bit a uh, little bit turbulent, so drink was where I seemingly turned in my teens, and now I'm like, yeah, that was that was a time. Certainly was a time that existed. Um, we've got a song from uh, a song. We've got a question about songs Stay from out of my territory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna sing the song now to spite you, Gav. We've got a question from McFjordy McFjord. Name a song you hate by an artist whose work you normally enjoy. Mm. So, is there an artist you normally enjoy and you're just like, I can't stand that song? Oh, there's, um, there's, there's a I, million answers to this. <laughs> I guess... Last Train to London by ELO. I'm a huge ELO fan, as a lot of people know. Um, I love every single one of their songs except Last Train to London, which I... Like, the album it's on, Discovery, is very disco-heavy. Um, hence the playing words, disco-very. Um, and I don't mind... I don't mind disco as a thing. I don't particularly go out of my way to listen to disco, but I don't hate it. But something about Last Train to London, I just, it's, nah, nah, no thank you. So that, that'll be my answer, I guess. What, what about you, Gav? Commander Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> no, really though, like, I think Metallica are the kings of this. They're the most, mm. like, they have so many brilliant songs and so many absolute fucking turds that it's hard to even list them all. Like the entire Saint Anger album, just full of turds. But uh, <laughs> actually, I'm going to go with Iron Maiden's Quest for Fire. And this song, I actually don't hate it because I kind of love it in a funny way because it's completely ridiculous. And I say, everyone go and listen to Quest for Fire when you finish this podcast because there's this line right at the beginning where Bruce screams, in a time where dinosaurs walked the, walked the earth, and it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. It's like, <laughs> in a time when dinosaurs walked the earth! And it's so ridiculous, it makes me laugh every time. So uh, that, that's uh, my pick. The, the one that's jumped to mind for me is, it's no surprise to regular listeners, I like a bit of My Chemical Romance every now and then. Mm. And they, they put out a bunch of songs cool, uh, that were under the, the header of Conventional Weapons, which is basically like a bunch of rejected songs from like an album they started and then scrapped that the record label put out for a while. Yeah. And there is one track on it called Make a Room that is just a bunch of angry shouting that doesn't really go anywhere. There's no like, there's no tonal change at any point. It just like starts angry and like, not even the kind of good angry where it feels like there's some emotion behind it. It's just, I'm shouting! I'm shouting, and it just like stays at that tone level the whole song, and I'm like, I, I can't stand it. It's it's the one My Chemical Romance song where I'm like, I can't see anything of value in this piece of music. So that would be Make Room. Uh huh. So I gotta yeah. if 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 anyone's familiar with the band Pulp. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, now I gotta say I don't I don't hate this song just because me and a friend turned it into this idol of fascination um but some of pulp's early stuff is a far far cry <laughs> from the famous stuff yeah. in True. america pulp will be most famous for the this is hardcore album 
Really? Um, in Britain. Yeah, apparently This Is Hardcore is a very popular one out here. Wow. Um, or uh, there's a song, I forget which one it was. I think it was Like a Friend um, they used on one of the season finales of The Venture Brothers. And so Pop's got some American sort of foothold. And of course, their most famous song, uh, which many American listeners will think of as that one William Shatner song. But the original was done by Pulp, which is Common People. Um, Different Class, of course, was a a seminal 90s Britpop album. Um, And that's the Pulp people know. The Mm. other Pulp, the early Pulp, the 80s Pulp, that's something special. (laughs) And don't look this up if you're not familiar with Pulp, because it won't be as funny uh, or depressing. But if you're familiar with pop, it's probably on YouTube. Look up a song called Silence. Silence by Pulp. You know, put in Pulp Silence, it'll probably come up. It's incredible. I, I, can, it is... I can confirm that if you search Pulp Silence, it does come up very, very <laughs> easily. I think that if I remember correctly, it's been many, many years since I heard it. But I think it's like there's one instrument playing. And it's playing like two notes at the at the most, and it's Jarvis Cocker echoey screaming. I'm I can see the li- bullshit de- I, morbid uh, lyrics. I'm looking at the lyrics now, and they make no sense. So, <laughs> as someone who's never heard this song, I'm going to do a dramatic reading. At first, I could say, I could say or do, just whatever I liked. You would, you would not. You would not. You would answer. I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> the morning of your silence. Like that's how it goes. <laughs> like, like Jarvis Cocker just crying into a microphone. Oh God, Pulp Silence is so good. As soon as this podcast's done, I'm going to you know, listen to it really loud. You know what's a great band that makes some truly unbearable songs is Aerosmith. I mean, when they do their rock stuff, especially oh. their early rock stuff, they're unbeatable. But my God, their ballads are insipid, cynical mush. <laughs> I cannot stand their love ballads. Um, Jim, I have some fantastic news for you that re- should reinforce that, yes, Silence is a bad song. Um, there is a compilation album that Pulp put out called Masters of the Universe. Where they brought together, they brought together all of their singles between released between 1985 and 1987, with the exception of Silence, which was left oh, yeah. off at Jarvis Cocker's request. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even absolutely. want it on the compilation. He's like, nah, nah, I, I done fucked up there. Yeah, like it's it's amazing because um, the best thing, uh, my friend Leo is a massive Pulp fan, um, like like that's his band. And he told me, like, if you listen to Pop's first album, which is an album called It, it's quite, again, very unlike what, like, uh, what the, uh, the the pulp everyone knows sounds like. It's very happy, very bouncy, um, cheerful. There's like one called Love Love, where it's just like loving the idea of love, and it's all funny trumpets and trombones and shit. It's ridiculous. But it's like the most happy album in the world. And then according to the story, after that album, between that album and the second album, Jarvis Cocker finally had sex. (laughs) And something (laughs) 
I guess, broken his brain because <laughs> it is this happy, innocent, naive, love, like, love-addled album. And then the next album is called Freaks and starts with... Um, like a, a song about a carnival with lyrics like the fish-eyed fetus floats in the water or st- stuff like that, um, with the sounds of people screaming in horror and terror. I, 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 um, think, I think I know what happened, Jim. Somewhere in hmm. between those two albums, he saw your penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. but yeah. Um, Freaks, by the way, is... Um, I think it, it's a, an incredible album. It's dark to the point of almost comedic, but it is... Uh, and there's nothing quite like it. Anyway, that's me <laughs> banging on about Pulp. Um, yeah. Uh, what other questions we got? We got one from Daniel Palencia. And this is a question for, for me and Jim. Will this finally be the episode where the sexual tension between Laura and Jim gets resolved? That's going to be fucking difficult. It's, it's not going to happen easily. I mean, I can... No, I can't even pull the microphone arm down to my dick, so <laughs> I don't think that's happening. It's fine. I could, like, stand up and put put, put my crotch just kind of near the microphone. <laughs> we, we can just kind of, like, thrust at the microphones and hope that that deals with the, the sexual tension. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll just record it and sell it to Pornhub. That can I... be my job. <laughs> That's fine. Just, like, someone will do an animation of it and Pornhub will probably buy it to put in their, like, cartoon porn of podcasters section, which probably <laughs> exists. So and This is the sexiest goddamn do some, uh... thing that's ever happened on a podcast. What's up with uh, Podquisition Animated, by the way? Are we still doing that? That is hopefully still happening. There were some... Like, to get into it, basically, like, there were some issues with the uh, second or third one, whatever the most recent one was, where it was basically like, okay, some things worked, some things didn't, basically assessing what, what direction works going forward. And it's it's taken a bit of a gap, um, particularly me going off on surgery leave put a bit of a delay on that, because um, it was around the same time I also got let go from Destructoid, which was like, oh, money for funding things like animated stuff was difficult. Hopefully this month we will have a new one. Like, I am getting back into working on it. It's just one of those, like... It took a bit of a break because of poor reception to the most... Like, the the most recent episode that happened alongside, like, money stuff going weird at the time I went in for surgery that just kind of put a bit of a... A bit of a halt on it. So, it's still happening. It just got a bit delayed. Um, Does that answer your question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's have a look. Another uh, question. I know we've got some in the Skype. Um, uh, we've got a question from Kyrie Norija, whose name I have probably terribly butchered. Where do you all see yourselves 100 episodes of the podcast from now? Fuck me. Um... I'm probably doing the same old shit. Yeah, same I, thing. Just I, hopefully, I, hopefully in a nicer uh, house. <laughs> yeah, I don't see us evolving terribly. Like, I, there, there are 
there, there are guests that we're aware people have asked us to have on that will probably get on. We, we've had a hundred chances to evolve and not taken them, so, you know. Our, our evolved <laughs> direction has basically been... Uh, and actually, our, evolved, yeah, so- our direction has become that drink that Jim made at the start of this episode. <laughs> and I don't think that... I think once you've made that drink, your podcast, you don't really get out of that hole. Yeah, when, you once you title an episode Dank Comstock, there's no coming back from you've, that. You've really. committed yeah. to a theme at that point. Um, we've got a couple... Um, so, I don't know who asked this, but we, we definitely had some people ask this. and We've talked about it before, but people always seem to ask us as if we've not talked about it enough. How did Podquisition come to be? And, you know, how did we all feel when people were asking and whatnot? I feel like we've answered this like 12 times. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we've we've done that, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really straight... I guess because it's such a straightforward story, it's easy to forget. Yeah. It literally was, I like Laura, I like Gavin, <laughs> I asked them to be on a podcast with me because I liked talking to them. I, <laughs> that was it. I, that really is it. I know from my side it was... I had no clue who Gavin was, I'll be honest. Um... I knew, well, it turns out I did know who, who Gavin was, but we'll get there in a second. I was like, who's this Miracle of Sound bloke? Don't know anything about him. I, I've i said this before. I thought Jim was either joking or just inviting me to guest on one episode when he first asked me to be on Podquisition. I didn't honestly believe you were asking me to co-host like a show that was going to happen week after week with you. That was just, like, not where my mind went, because I'm like, you're, you're Jim fucking Sterling, son. Why would you ask me to work with you? I'm, like, internet no one. Who, who knows who I am? Nobody. So that there was a very weird moment where it's like, oh, we're actually doing this. And, like, I don't know if you remember this, Jim, but there was a Facebook message where I actively messaged you to be like, hey... Just to be clear, just to make sure I've not assumed wrong. I yeah, this. like, I are, are you just asking me to guest on one episode, or is this a thing where I'd be coming back week after week? And you were like, no, no, I want you to, you know, ho- co-host and be here every week. And I was a bit like, ah, and that that was that. <laughs> um, Gavin didn't speak to him at all before the first episode, and it took me like six or seven episodes to realise you were the Commander Shepherd guy. <laughs> That's how I first realised who you were. Is <laughs> the Commander <laughs> like, That is how I first twigged, like, oh, I did know who you were. You're that Commander Shepherd guy. Uh, obviously, I did not say that because I believe whenever it was that I realised this, it was because you were describing how much you hate that people only know you for Commander Shepherd. So I was like, I'm going to shut the fuck up, but I'm going to go listen to some the of your... The thing is, though... People don't. It's not even like the eighth most viewed song I have. That's why I thought it was funny. <laughs> well, I I basically at that point was like, fuck, I'm going to stay quiet and go listen to some more of Gavin's music. And was like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> Gavin makes good music. How did I not do this sooner? But yeah, for several episodes, I didn't realize that. And I'm going to put it that same way again. You were the Commander Shepherd guy. <laughs> So that that was my experience at the show starting. Gavin, Jim asked me to be on the show. I said yes. Slightly slightly yeah. shorter story than yours, Laura. That's fair enough. What 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 did you think of me when when I got thrust in your ears? Um, I thought she talks a lot and doesn't let me talk a lot, but we sorted that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty good. Um, 
Is is this a good place for us to start wrapping up? Probably. I think that's fine. Yeah, because yeah, I, I really don't tired. know if I'm gonna need to be sick into I've, a toilet. I've had so. too many too many cocktails. <laughs> I'm now like, oh yeah, I could, yeah. I could do with a with a are lie you, down. Are you gonna keep I'm... drinking cocktails for the night now, Laura? Um, I will probably go like make some cocktails and put them down next to my bed and drink them from bed while tweeting. That's my vague <laughs> nice. plan. Nice. That sounds like a pretty good plan. I'm just gonna lie in bed. Yeah, I might watch. <gasps> I can watch the Great British Bake Off while drunk. <gasps> oh, this is so Holy good. Holy shit! Yes. Okay, that's my night sorted. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch the Great I've British Bake Off. I've still got work to do. While I and drink make cocktails. sure you both listen to the first line of uh, Quest for Fire. I, I will. I've also got Pulp <laughs> oh, yeah. Silence ready to listen to. <laughs> I might, because um, let's face it, Jarvis is not going to try and pursue copyright on that. I might um, end the show with. A, a, I, I definitely will end it's, the show it's, it's, with an excerpt. It's a podcast. From Silence. There are no copyright claims on podcasts. Honestly, you do get away with a lot. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm going to no throw in some silence thing. at the end. <laughs> And people will be begging for silence when they hear it. It's so good. Um, but yes, yes, let's let's wrap things up because I feel a little bit unsettled. And I've still got to do a Jimquisition because I just decided I'd do an extra one today on top of all the other fucking work I've given myself to do because I'm a, a moron. So, Laura, when you're not watching the British Bake Off drunk in your bed... Um, what do you do online and how can people find it? What do I do? I do a bunch of features and videos and podcasts and whatnot. You can find all of them at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on Patreon. Please go throw a dollar or a pound or a euro or whatever at that so that I can keep the lights on. Laura K Buzz on YouTube where I put up a new Buzz report this week as well as a new totally legit gaming news where I wrapped myself in even more tinfoil than last time. So that was um, I saw the the just the image you put onto it was amazing. Yeah, I I I went beyond just wrapping my head in tinfoil <laughs> to keep the publishers out. Now my torso and arms are also wrapped up because I got to keep the publisher rays out. So Laura es- Laura K Buzz escalation. Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Also, let's play video games. That's the other thing I do. So go go check all those things out and go go give me money on that Patreon because corporate shills and stuff. Wonderful. Um, oh, Jesus. I, I, I'm i not playing VR games today. God, the idea of putting that on after what I've put in myself. Um, Gavin, how do people get music that you've done? Uh, you can find me bent over desks at Ubisoft and Bethesda's offices. <laughs> but uh, if you don't want to sneak in and find that, you can uh, come find me on YouTube, Miracle of Sound, Twitter, Miracle of Sound, and... Like Laura said, support me, buy my stuff. <laughs> yes, your stuff's available for sale on Bandcamp, is it not? Bandcamp, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, all those, all the shops. Fucking buy everywhere. It, buy it so Look I can afford to uh, have a room I can play VR in. There we go. Get Gavin's VR room. As for me, room like a car. <laughs> But VR re- that was a mark. That was quite a oh. mark from Peep Show voice break there, Jim. Oh God, I did a burp and a little bit of sicky came up. You're not a pedo. You're definitely not a pedo. Definitely not a pedo. <laughs> I love God. Um, a friend, two friends of mine. Um, because I used to live near Croydon, where Peep Show sat. Mm. Um, my brother and his friend uh once recreated the final scene from the first episode. 
um, where Mark picks up the, the bit of wood bike. and goes, you want a taste yeah. of my steel? <laughs> um, and just one of them chased the other down that exact location, just going, ah! <laughs> it's incredible. Um, anyway, anyway, it's it's been a hundred episodes. Um, I'd like to personally thank Laura and Gavin for keeping me company for more than a hundred hours because these things run more than an hour. Mm. So actually way more than a hundred hours um, over the past God, nearly two years I'd now. estimate about 130, um, 140 hours maybe but maybe at least mm. I would say um, it's been wonderful it's been a great laugh um, this podcast is incredible fun to do um, and thanks to everyone who continues to listen and download and stream and, and share and, and everything else they do um, special thanks of course to those who keep the Jimquisition and associated uh, products, I guess, associated content going via Patreon, um, which, of course, has been life-changing and career-defining for me. Um, just thank you to everyone. It's been brilliant, and I sincerely hope, I sincerely, sincerely hope that uh, we get to episode 200 and many more beyond that as well. So thank you all Truly, from the bottom of a heart that may be vomited out of my mouth before the day is done. And we will see you next week for episode 101. Goodbye. You can deny that I was anything to you. But I know, I know in my mind. I can see the scars, the scars I've left on you. They'll take one look at you and they'll know the kind of person